Hello and welcome to another episode of the Powered by Positivity podcast with me, your host, Laura Murray, where we talk all things health, fitness, mindset, nutrition and lifestyle. In this episode, I was joined by Martin Brady. Martin is a world class coach, a former boxer and former sniper in the military, both positions of which require a serious amount of mental resilience to be successful in. So needless to say, we spoke a good deal about mental resilience and how you can develop resilience. We also spoke about training your mindset like a muscle and working on your own self-love and self-acceptance. I hope that you enjoy as much as I thoroughly enjoyed this conversation with Martin. And just before we jump right into this episode, this podcast is brought to you in association with nightsleep.ie, that's K-N-I-G-H-T-S-L-E-E-P.ie, the go-to for all things sleep and health. As we're now so well aware, sleep is literally the foundation of overall health and well-being, which is why ensuring good sleep hygiene, routine and environment is something you need to do if you are not already. Optimize your sleep and you will instantly see and feel the payoff in every other avenue of your life. Nightsleep.ie makes this easy by providing the highest quality sleep and health products, tools and devices to help improve your sleep, as well as helpful packages and information from the experts to equip you with everything that you may need to enhance your overall health from blue light blockers, weighted blankets, red light therapy devices, sleep supplements and so much more. Night sleep can help you to improve your overall health and well-being. Make sure that you use my discount code PBYP for 10% off your purchases. This podcast is also sponsored by Vital Organico, Ireland's number one in homegrown organic liposomal supplements. I made the switch from my regular supplements to Vital Organico with liposomal vitamins and minerals this year and I cannot recommend them enough. I know that by taking Vital Organico instead of the standard capsules I used to take on a daily basis, I can rest assured that I'm getting the highest quality vitamins supported by only the pure ingredients. No alcohol, no artificial flavorings or preservatives, just super clean ingredients and no nasties. And... What separates these from the rest is the liposomal delivery system, which ensures the full absorbency of whatever vitamin I wish or need to take so that I know I'm getting all of the benefits. You can order yours now at vitalorganico.ie and make sure to use the discount code PYP1 for 15% off. Martin Brady, hello. Laura, how are you? I'm good, how are you? Fantastic, good. really, really happy to be here today. Nice little trip up to Dublin, yes. nice little break from the norm. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for joining me. Um, I'm really, really excited to have the chat with you today. Haven't heard you speak a couple of times before, but never had the opportunity to properly grill you or pick your brain in person. So this is really exciting. Um, before we jump in, I'm going to let you introduce yourself to any listeners who might not know who you are yet um, and just give your background, um, what it is you do and your journey, how you got to what you're doing now. Perfect. Uh, so my name is Martin Brady. First and foremost, I'm a high performance coach. I work primarily with business owners and driven individuals. That's just people that want to really get after it in any aspect of life, essentially. And my job is obviously as a health coach, just to help them get in the best physical and mental shape of their life. Um, how did I transition into that? Where did that all come about? My career kind of started primarily from the military. So from two weeks after my 17th birthday, believe it or believe it or not, I decided to join the army. Um, coming off the back of high performance kind of like boxing career, very, very short boxing career, I will say, right up to the age of 17, where I was boxing internationally for Ireland and I decided, do you know what, it's not something that I'm going to pursue for the duration of my adult life. It's not something that I can see myself really taking off and having a massive, massive career in. So I decided to transition into the military at that stage. Uh, From 17, obviously, very, very young, very skinny, very underweight whenever I first joined the army. So had a lot of insecurities, had a lot of, I suppose, mental battles, limiting beliefs, a lot of self-doubt around things like that. But there are things I kind of pushed and progressed through in the military, which I'm sure we probably get into over the course of the podcast, but had a really, really good career. Uh, over a 17 year period, worked in a leadership capacity from the age of 18 onwards. So I was probably one of the youngest people to train recruits, I would imagine, ever in the army uh, at any stage, I would say. Uh, served my first overseas tour of duty at, uh, had my 18th birthday over there. So I celebrated my 18th birthday in Liberia, had my brother with me, which was good. And throughout the full duration of the career, worked in a leadership capacity right up until the 17th year from where I decided to become full-time, self-employed, set up my own business, the Built to Lead program, which is 
where I am today, coaching driven individuals. People that really, really want to get after it in life. Amazing. That is some story. Um, so people looking at you now from the outset may presume that, okay, you're Martin Brady. They see the you now. They didn't see the journey. I presume, much like myself at times, I can get people who would presume that, oh, it's easy for you because you're this, or it's easy for you to say, you know, be this disciplined or to have this life or to to maintain this lifestyle because you're this way. But that's not the case because you weren't always the Martin Brady that sits in front of me right now. So in terms of, um, like, did you end up in these in, in the career you're in now or on the path that you're on, do you think, because you naturally portrayed toughness or resilience or was that something that you had to work to acquire? Now, I know from hearing your story before that you did a lot of work on this. Yeah, no, I, I genuinely feel that I ended up in the career that I'm in right now more so from a place of empathy more than competency. So yeah. like if I, if I was absolutely competent at absolutely everything I was doing and I always had this resilience, I always had this kind of levels of self-discipline, I don't think I would be able to relate to the people that I help today. But the fact that it comes from a place of empathy where like I, I massively struggled with insecurities around my physicality, around how I was perceived, around my leadership potential and all of those things at various different stages throughout my military career. And I worked on them and worked on them time and time again. And even when I transitioned from the military, so you have to remember that was an environment where I was fully supported, had, you know, a network of people that I could call on at any stage of my life. Yeah. That was kind of almost like taken away. Or I decided to relinquish that a full time wage, which is, you know, my first paycheck that I ever received in my life was from the army. And I was stepping away from that at like 31 years of age, which was a big, big decision. And even with that transition, there was a huge amount of empathy and relatability to the people I work with today with it, because now I had all those fears and insecurities as yeah. a business owner that so many business owners face today. And I still have a lot of them with me today. But obviously, I've got skills, I've got resilience, I've got discipline that I've built up over time, which can serve me. And it can also serve the people that I work with today, you know. Yeah. And what prompted you to make the change? What prompted you to leave and, and go out and like step into the fear of and the unknown of setting up your own business and starting something new, essentially? Do you know what? It's a really, really long story how I actually did transition because it wasn't, it did happen at the click of a fingers where there was one day I actually just came home to my wife and said, you know what? I'm leaving the army and I'm setting up my own business and I'm going to absolutely smash it and I'm going to be one of the best coaches that this country has ever seen. And I firmly believe that at the time, okay? But it was actually a long process. I did a course, The Breakthrough Experience with John D. Martini. I don't know if you've ever heard of yeah, it. Yeah. Absolutely fantastic course. When I went into it, I went into it very blind, didn't really expect to extract the level of value that I did from that course. But I did have a big, big breakthrough where I realized that I wasn't living in line with my values. Um, I massively value growth. Like I'm a growth-minded person. I really, really want to kind of just constantly be on that chase in life, you know, where I'm yeah. always pushing myself. I'm always progressing to maximize my potential, whatever that was. But I knew the environment that I was in, it just wasn't supporting that. And I knew the best possible environment for me to create that environment would becoming full-time self-employed. So it was more so being aligned with my values, which was growth and contribution, right? How, how can I grow and maximize my potential in different aspects of life? And how can I contribute this to other people? Because every single time we're chasing something where we want to develop a skill in any aspect of life, it's because we want to contribute it. I don't want to develop skills so that I have them for myself. Yeah. So I can sit at home and say, I'm so disciplined, I'm so resilient, I have all of these things. I want them so I can pass them on to other people and I, I can get that, that that buzz, that feeling of of contributing to someone else, you know? Yeah, it's incredible. And I, like, I think from somebody who has, you started out obviously in the military not feeling very competent, I suppose, was what the way you kind of mentioned said it before was that you felt like you were a little less than maybe the other guys and you had to kind of compensate by really putting in the grind yeah absolutely um if i had to describe myself like confidence competent self-belief all yeah. of those words would have been the furthest thing from my mind yeah. i was genuinely actually quite confident when i first applied to join because coming from a boxing background boxing's uh, you know, kind of a sport where you do stand on your own feet to some degree and you do have a level of self-confidence to some degree. And you were pretty good. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, was like. quite, I was quite good. I, and, and, I, and I beat some really, really good guys. Even yeah. before I joined the army, like I'd beaten guys who were, you know, preparing for the 2004 Olympics and yeah. stuff like this. So that was still on the back of my mind. But I was 54 kg. So I was a bantamweight yeah. boxer, very, very small and skinny. When I joined the army within three days, 
I remember the tailor said to me, he said it's the smallest, it's the, the smallest uniform he's ever taken in his life, right? Mm. That that like literally shattered my confidence. Yeah. I knew it was small, I knew it was skinny, I knew it was underweight and I felt all of these insecurities. I actually rang my mom and I said, you know what, I want to leave, I just don't think this is for me. But the leadership in there, the people that I looked up to, like I've seen these, the NCOs, the, the corporals that were training me, if I had to draw a, a picture of a soldier, if someone said to me, here's, here's a pen and paper, draw your ideal person who you would actually like to become, it was these guys. It was like I looked up to these guys. They just had the physicality. They had the presence. It's like they had the authority. And it just appealed to me. They just seemed to be, you know, really, really determined individuals. Mm-hmm. And that just appealed to me. And I, th- I think that that's the thing that, that actually kept me in that environment where I'm like, you know what? I want to be like those guys. And it's almost, almost like I started to mimic their behaviours and it's like I want to become a leader I want to do the courses that these guys have done and I went and seeked all of the hard courses that the army had to offer but it was more so because I felt I need to prove myself here from a physicality and a robustness kind of perspective you know but I think the thing that I take from that and I think that is really important to recognise is that you started out like obviously you came from maybe being somewhat the big fish in a small pond or in your boxing world you were you know, pretty, pretty good. And you were at the higher end of things and then going in and realizing, shit, I'm the underdog and I don't know if I can do this. And everyone else, it felt like everyone else was maybe a little bit ahead of you or maybe you didn't live up to that. But then recognizing that instead of going, fuck this, I can't do this. You said, how can I get closer to where they are or to where I want to be? You surrounded yourself with the people that you wanted to be like or to become or to to, you know, the people that inspired you that maybe you were a little bit intimidated by, but they also like massively inspired you. And then you just took action. And I think anybody looking at any endeavor or who has any dream in their life where they want, where they're looking at somebody thinking, oh God, they've done so well for themselves. Because looking at you now, Jesus, you have done, you're doing so well for yourself, but you've made that happen. I think that's the most important thing to recognize. It didn't happen overnight. Nobody is fit or in good shape or successful by luck. And success isn't, you've said this before yourself, success isn't reserved for a specific type of person. I think that is one of the most important things that anybody can recognize in their life. And it gives us so much power. When we realize that, you know, you're not special. Like, I'm yeah. sorry, Martin, you're not, you're not, you're just not, <laughs> I'm not special either. Like none of us are special, but we're, fu- we're all fucking incredible. Exactly. And we're all capable of doing big things and doing whatever the hell we want to do. But, you know, you're not a sniper because of your focus and determination and your mindset. You have those skills because you were a sniper and you had developed them to become the sniper. So the journey that you went on to develop those skills led you to being the Martin Brady that you are today. And it's the same with me. I get, I've gotten people in the past, like so many times commenting, oh, well, it's easy for you because you're a PT. Of course you're in shape. Yeah. Like, no, I I wasn't born a PT. I was not always in shape. I had to leave my, my current comfort zone you know, years ago. And I only started into the fitness industry in, I was 26 the first time I stepped into a gym. Like I had never worked out. I'd never done exercise properly in my life before that. And there's huge and, insecurities attached with that alone. Yeah, because, and I yeah. was massively insecure and I was the shittest in the class and I was afraid and I was like, I can't go back there. Oh my God, I'm going to vomit. I can't do what those people are doing. But I kept doing it and yeah. I turned and now I where I am because I've done the things that I've done to get me here and I've developed the skills and the same with you. So I think that's one of the most important things that I took from hearing your story because like that, in, like there's no such thing as, you know, something anything being handed to us in this life. Nothing is given. We have to work for the things we want. And the fact that we can is a power and a privilege. Um, but I think like displaying mental resilience is so important and being able to develop mental resilience. And it's something that I'm really working on at the moment and have been working on over the last year or so, particularly as I'm growing my business now on my own, yeah. essentially. Well, working with mentors as well, thank God. But <laughs> it's it's hard and like really honing that skill because it is a skill and it's not something that is given or it's not something you can buy and it's not something you can fast track. It's something you have to work on every single day. But working on that is something that I'm really doing for myself over the past year and really seeing the benefit of. And I never thought I would really resonate with somebody, you know, military mindset, a sniper. But everything you talk about makes so much sense and I can apply it to my life. So 
in terms of mental resilience, I know it's often portrayed as like determination and persistence and go, go, go. But it can also be flexibility and and adaptability as well. Absolutely. Um, like I can be happy anywhere and I can work with what I have and um, I can have a good day with anyone. You're tough. I think when your mood isn't dependent on your external environment or or diff- the things that are happening to you or around you, they're not dependent on your conditions. What's your thoughts on this? My thoughts, first and foremost, right, is with the military mindset, a lot of people think big mental resilience is something you develop from a military mindset. You develop when you're in the military. But a lot of the stuff that we take is from civilian life as well. Yeah. Like a, lo- a lot of the resilience tools that I use today, it's it's correlated to different aspects of people in civilian life. Like you mentioned uh, about success and, you know, I, I always say success is paid up front, but it's not something you're just given. It's habits you develop. I firmly believe there's no such thing as successful people. It's successful habits. I use the example of Paul Gascoigne. If you look at Paul Gascoigne. He was one of the most successful footballers in his time, right? Now, if you look at him today, like most people would probably class him as a down and out, Why? He's not living by the habits that got him successful in the first place. He's decided to change the stuff that's got him to where he is, you know? Yeah. And it's, it's the very, very same with us. But I think like from a whole resilience perspective, it, it starts like w- with what you said. It starts with, you know what? Self-mastery. I look at myself in the mirror and say, I can do this. And if you can look at yourself in the mirror and you can say, I can do this, then you're you're on a journey of self-mastery. You're going to pick up resilience, discipline, all these things along the way, you know. That's something I shot from the hip completely before. I was in an actual uh, seminar and someone says, uh, OK, what we're going to speak about is self-mastery. I want people to actually think for a second what self-mastery means. My head was in the clouds. I wasn't even <laughs> thinking straight. And the guy picked me out, right, of 150 people. Shit. He says, <laughs> he says, what self-mastery mean to you? Yeah, 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 you, points me. And I stands up and I said, you know what? It's looking at myself in the mirror and say, I can do it. He's like, brilliant. I love that. I'm writing yeah. that down. It's so my Because <laughs> I just shot it from the hip. It's but you right. Yeah, but you know what? I, I probably shot it from the hip because it's it's what I probably do believe. Yeah. I'm like, you know, it, it, it genuinely is. If, you, if you're a growth-minded individual and you could say you want to run a successful business, you want to be someone, you want to be somebody that can help other people, it starts with looking in the mirror and saying, you know what, I can do this. Yeah. I might not have the skills, I might not have the confidence or the competency just yet, but I believe I can do it. And along the way, I'll pick up all of those things that I need, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, one of the things I loved that you say quite often is treat your body like your business. Absolutely. Um, where did that come from? Is that, some, is that something else that you just coined yourself or is that something that you took from someone else? It's something because if you look at a lot of business owners, right, I correlate the, that the business owners because I work with business owners. But if yeah. you look at a lot of business owners, they get into business. Why? Because they're so passionate about what they do. You run your business because you're passionate about what you do. Dan set up this business because he's massively passionate about what he does. Okay. So, and, and that's why we all get into business. And we treat it like a toy. We treat it like our baby. We're so organized. We're so structured. Everything is very, very meticulous. And it's very rare we drop the ball. Whereas sometimes with our own health and fitness, we expect to run this business, we expect to, you know, even have a successful career based off a position where there's no foundations. We're not managing our energy. We're not managing our mental health. We're not managing the one thing that's actually going to drive that business moving forward. And if you buy into the mindset of start treating your body like you actually treat your business, your business is going to be so much more successful because you're going to avoid one of the biggest obstacles that's going to actually stop you from achieving growth and success in your business, which is burnout limiting beliefs, self-doubt, lack of self-confidence, all the things that will attach to your biggest obstacles because you're not looking after yourself first and foremost. Yeah, I agree. Um, I, I think that looking at it particularly, that that actually resonated with a lot of my own clients when I said it to them. Um, actually, you said it to them on a call with Aaron Horan's community as well. And you mentioned the treat your body like, like your business. And that for some of the women who came back to me that I wouldn't have expected it to have resonated so hard. But the, their perspective on it was kind of looking at it as, OK, if my goal is fat loss, I'm going to have to manage my income and expenditure. I'm going to have to make sure that my standards are being met every single day. I'm going to have to have systems in place. So yeah. it really is like running a business. And some of these women have ha- don't run their own businesses, but it just really resonated because it makes sense. So it just simplifies things a little bit and clarifies. And I do agree with that because like we can't manage like 
we can't manage time. Time just is. We can't, mm-hmm. like, we talk about time management. You can't manage time. There's 24 hours in a day. What are you going to manage with that? It's managing your energy and managing yourself. Absolutely. So I, you also said something that really, really resonated. The energy that flows through my body is the main source and the main power behind the success of my business. And I think that can be, be applied to anybody as well. The success of your business or your career or your family, the energy that flows through our body is the main driver and the main source and the main power behind the success of anything that we do in this life. So it's so important to prioritize that energy and to be able to manage that. Um, and training your yourself in terms of your resilience and training your mindset and state management and all of these things, that these skills that you can develop is going to help you to better manage your energy and to better manage your your business, your body, yourself. Yeah. Um, Talk to us a little bit about training your mindset like a muscle. Right. Training a mindset like a muscle. So first and foremost, I genuinely believe, right, mental performance is probably more important than physical performance. If we look at physical performance and what you're expected to do on a day-to-day basis, in getting in shape, it doesn't require a lot of skill. Okay. It does not require a lot of skill to get in the best physical shape of your life. There's people can do it with very, very poor technique. There's yeah. people can do it with very, very basic nutritional habits. And there's people who can obviously do it with very advanced nutrition habits and very advanced techniques. Yeah. But in terms of what's going to, what's the biggest obstacles that's going to stop people from getting there? Typically, it's going to be this. It's going to be managing their emotional state. Something comes up in life. Something goes wrong. They have a bad day at work. Somebody gets sick. They get injured. Something happens where they've become frustrated, angry, disappointed, experience some kind of a negative emotion. And what do they typically do? They sabotage their progress. Yeah. Right? Because it's they're not training their mindset like a muscle. Right? They're not looking at what's the biggest threat or obstacle to me getting in the best physical shape in my life. It's probably going to be not managing my emotions. It's probably going to be limiting doubts. It's probably going to be a lack of confidence, which is a big one for so many people. It's probably going to be self-comparison with other people. Like you mentioned, when you first time you walked into the gym, how many people walk into the gym and straight away, they're comparing themselves to other people. Yeah. They're putting other people on a pedestal, putting themselves to bit, especially at this time of year. You know, a lot of people are going to be in shape at this time of year and they're going to be negatively comparing themselves to other people. And what does that do? It detracts them from doing the things that they need to do physically. Yeah, because just focusing on themselves. It's just, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Just focusing on themselves. And for me, whenever you train your mind like a muscle, right, your body physiologically is just going to do the things that you needed to do on a day-to-day basis as a result of it, you know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, One of the things that I've been working, that I work on with a lot of my clients is self-love and self-compassion. Is this something that you work on with with your clients actively or is it something that, that you talk about at all? Yeah, we, we, we talk about absolutely everything within yeah. the program. You know, we, we speak about inner drive, we speak about inner beliefs, we speak about, you know, um, limiting doubts, a- absolutely yeah. everything within the, within the coaching program, you know. But yeah. um, I suppose everything does start from a place of self-compassion yeah. because, like I said, if you can't look at yourself in the mirror and say, I can do this, it, it's not going to happen for you, you know. Yeah. And to do that, right, you, ha- you have to actually like the person that you see. The example I use sometimes, all right, especially with potential clients. If I'm speaking to someone that like, is like Martin, I've really, really resonated with your program and the message that you're delivering and how you're kind of helping people. I'd like to be a part of the program. I always ask them, what do you see when you look in the mirror? So tell me when you look in the mirror, what do you see, right? It's like, it's like, it's like go to cool runnings. <laughs> Have you ever seen that film? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what do you see when you look in the mirror, right? I see blood. <laughs> but um, they will always give you the negatives. They'll see, I see someone that's tired. I see someone that's overweight. You know, that's all they see is the negatives. Right? right, do you see a solution? Because the key difference between you and the people that you're going to surround yourself with in the program is they might not have got, got the results they have yet. There could be people working with me at the minute. They might need to lose 50 pounds. They might only be 10 pounds on the way there. But there's a lot more self-love in that person than where they were before the program. Why? Because when they look in the mirror and they still see the negatives, they see a solution. They're yeah. not just focused on the problem. They see a solution. Like, you know what? I am still 40 pounds overweight. But guess what? I'm working on it. Yeah. I'm training. I'm, I'm starting progressing. to see my own capabilities. Yeah. Absolutely. My is life huge. is starting to look a little bit different to how it looked in the past. And that that's self-love. And again, how does it start for me? It starts looking in the mirror and saying, you know what? I can do this. You're looking at the solution. Yeah, I love that. Um, the looking in the mirror thing is so powerful. And I think there's, I, th- I think self-love is something obviously that I I'm act- actively working on and have been working on all my life. And I think it's something that we all work on or need to work on. Like with any relationship, our relationship with self has to come first. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And last week I actually had a conversation with Connor Crichton about self-love for the podcast and what it means. And I have so many questions after that that I've kind of been sitting with and exploring and trying to really discover if I'm showing myself love and acceptance or are the ways that I'm acting and my actions coming from a place of resentment of self. Mm. And that's hard. Um, I think self-love and loving yourself can be so easily confused. Um, like there's for one, like, OK, I'm going to just call them the self-love brigade. OK, because mm -hmm. I think with, with every movement and with every community and, and, and in every world, so to speak, there's extremists. Mm -hmm. And with like the, say, the mindset, the military mindset gang or, or the military mindset brigade and the hustle hard and the hustle culture and that those guys, are, it's like go hard or go home. You have to just push yourself all the time. You have to keep doing better. You have to keep striving for more and more and more and getting better always. Otherwise, you're you're a quitter and you're not good enough. Yeah. And then on the opposite end of the spectrum, you have the self-love brigade. You know, be kind, be cash, be compassionate, go easy on yourself. Don't push yourself. You're you're fine just as you are. And the kind of toxic body positivity, which isn't helpful either. Um, and I don't think that's not what self-love is. And I don't think it's the opposite end either. I'm, I'm kind of sitting somewhere in the middle and I'm still feeling that kind of push and pull either way. But I'm getting better at kind of recognizing where things are coming from, if it whether it's a place of, you know, okay, I need to change because I'm not happy with this yeah. or I need to change because I know I can be better and that's that's coming from a place of love. Um, the only, I suppose, perspective that I have on any of this is my own experience so far, which is I know for myself, like I get asked, I'm, I'm somebody who strives on structure and I really truly believe that as humans, we need routine and structure. We, str we, we thrive on it. Absolutely. Um, and we have to have some element of routine and structure. Like in the human body, like we, our physiology, we need mm -hmm. routine. We Like we absolutely need it. Um, but people, We get anxious without it. Yeah, like we get anxious. We don't know what's going on. We need it for our circadian rhythm. Like we need to be getting up at a certain time and going to bed at a certain time. We need basic routine and structure. Um, and I think, I know for myself when I don't have that, I feel like shit. But I know I'm probably on the, the kind of the more military end of the spectrum in terms of my own routine and structure that I've upheld for myself mm -hmm. and my standards over the years. Now I'm softening that a little bit to try and find some sort of middle ground. But people still ask me now that I'm, when I was PTing, obviously I didn't really have much of an option. I was up early anyway. Yeah. So, but now that I don't have to get up at 5 a.m., my alarm still goes off at 5 a.m. Monday to Friday. And Saturdays and Sundays pretty early too. Likewise. But yeah, <laughs> because I know now though, the reason, like people will say, why do you get up so early to train when you don't have to? I'm in the gym before the gym opens, training Monday to Friday, well, four days a week. And that's because I know, I, I recognize now how much better I feel when I have that routine in place for myself. I've recognized the things that make me feel good and keep me feeling good. So I'm not going to let them out of my life. I also know that I don't actually have to do anything I don't want to. And mm -hmm. neither do you and neither does anyone else. But I know what serves me. I get to do the things that I now recognize make me feel good. And I choose to do them. And I choose to work out first thing in the morning before anyone else is out of bed because it makes, well, for a few different reasons, like doing something challenging as part of my day makes me feel incredible. And doing it first thing is actually massively important for me, for my own mental well-being mm -hmm. and how I feel and how I turn up for myself and everyone else in my life for the rest of that day. And I recognize that because I've trialed it. I've tried working out later in the day. I've tried working out in the afternoon, evening, and I just don't feel as good. Now, for for someone else or for yourself, it might be different. But I think finding out what does work for you Obviously, it takes time. It's part of the yeah, journey. Absolutely. Um, but it does have a massive positive impact on how I show up for myself and in every other area of my life. And seeing my, the difference in myself and how my day goes when I do that, when I make a habit of doing that and do it consistently versus not, I just don't really see any choice. I don't I, I don't see why I would choose to do any differently. Um, and I talk to my own clients about the concept of planning something difficult early on in the day, something challenging, front loading your day mm. with the challenging shit. And for me, that's a form of self-love. Yeah. Because realistically, I know I need to exercise if I want to be a healthy person. And if I want to show myself, you know, the, the respect that I deserve mm -hmm. to show up for myself as the best possible version, I need to exercise regularly. And if I'm leaving that later in the day, there's possible things that are going to impact that by taking my focus, taking my energy, mm -hmm. taking my 
anything away. Life throws curveballs and it will. And if something gets in the way, then there's more of a potential that those things won't happen. Mm -hmm. So front loading my exercise, drinking my water, getting my day, doing my shit first is really important for me. Um, And then, yes, obviously there's a level of discipline and a level of, you know, get the hell up. It's it's, you know, half four or quarter to five in the morning and your alarm's gone off and it's raining and it's fucking cold and you do not want to get out of your duvet. But I know this is what I do because I feel good when I do it. Um, and it's kind of the point as well. Turning up for myself and showing myself that I can actually do the things that I set out to do breeds confidence. I feel better about myself. Yeah. I know I'm capable. I'm doing the things that I've set to do. And it also, one of the things that I really love about it is it actually puts me in direct confrontation with my inner critic, my Mm. lazy shite alter ego, the Laura who doesn't want to get out of bed, the Laura who doesn't really believe in herself that much. All of those things, I'm being put in in direct confrontation with those versions of myself early on in the day and actually overcoming them and realising, actually, fuck, I did achieve that. I did that. I got up and I did my workout. Exactly. It mightn't have been the best in the in the world. And even on the days when it's shite, even on the days when it's a slog and you're just turning up to to turn up for yourself. They're not being a victim. Yeah, at the very least, I know that I'm trying. And that in itself is breeding confidence. And I feel for me that that's self-love in a big way. Um, And I also think that it's a massive disservice to ourselves to, to not strive to be, to fulfill our true potential. Yeah. So while I do fully believe in accepting yourself and loving yourself as you are right now, which is like the kind of, I suppose, the self-love brigade mm-hmm. vibe. You know, love yourself, just accept yourself. Absolutely love, love the shit out of yourself. Look at yourself in the mirror and, and tell yourself you love yourself and that you're great. But also, you have so much more potential, no matter where you are. Even you, Martin, yeah. <laughs> who like sitting across yeah. from me now, like you're in phenomenal shape. Your business is incredible. You've built this, you know, you've built yourself and your business up from the ground. But there's still so much more, which is hugely exciting. And to not fulfill that or even attempt it is a massive disservice to ourselves. Absolutely. And there is, and even for me, there is so much more. And I I spoke in a private podcast to my clients last night and like, I'm so open and honest with them. And I'm like, guys, this is where I am. This is the stuff I'm battling through, but this is where I want to get to. And like you've mentioned there, like everything that you said to me there, okay, about what what you kind of like believe self-love is and, you know, the definition that you almost have for for yourself. Like the, the biggest word I would even put over that as an umbrella is like clarity. Yeah. You just you just have clarity on, on who you are, where you're going in life and what's the stuff that's going to help you to get there. What's the little daily disciplines, the routines, the habits, the behaviors that's going to essentially get you help you to get there. And clarity breeds confidence. Yeah. Like for me, clarity breeds confidence. People always say, and I actually listened to Mel Robbins at a at a talk. Uh, it was like an online thing I did I did a couple of years ago and spoke really, really well. If you haven't listened to Mel Robbins, anyone's listened to this, I highly recommend listening to her because yeah, she's, she's got amazing. some phenomenal stuff. But she spoke about confidence and she's called it the confidence competency loop that when you practice something, a skill, you become more confident at it and as that you develop more confidence. And I agreed but disagreed in certain elements because I agreed at the time, but it's only when I started to work with a lot more people, so much more in the mindset perspective that I realized I've got so many clients that are incredibly competent unbelievable at what to do, but they've got no confidence. Yeah. They're not willing to actually show it. Why? They're not clear on who they are. They're copying everyone else. Like, oh, I should be doing this. Martin Brady's recording a video. I need to do that. Martin Brady's on a podcast. I need to do that. And so, some of us can fall into that trap. And that's where I think the the, the self-love kind of starts to get suppressed or disintegrate a little bit because we're just not really clear on, on who we are and the journey that we're working towards and what our potential really is. And as a result, we don't have the confidence or we can't demonstrate the confidence fully. Like we yeah. can't have that that code of conduct or that behavior on a day-to-day basis that really breeds the confidence of of this is who I am. You know, where you can look in the mirror and say, oh, I can actually do this, you know? Yeah, yeah. That's a really good point. And I never I never thought about it that way. But it is true when when, when I think about it. A lot of the people I know that don't have confidence to move forward or to take the action and to fulfill their potential that we that I know that they have are really competent yeah. in what they do. Absolutely. When I listened to her speak, I was like, yeah, this is fantastic. Yeah. That is such a valid point. The confidence comes to I'm going to promote that. I'm going to I'm going to practice that. And then I stopped and I realized, Mark, you're unbelievably competent at what you do. Yeah. <laughs> you're you're a fantastic coach. You're after going off, you're after doing fucking strength and conditioning, you're after doing all of these nutrition courses. I wouldn't even record a video and put it on social media. I set up an Instagram page. I remember I recorded some video. I think I was talking about 
meal replacements or something. I can't even remember. And I must have recorded it 50 or 60 times. Spent about two or three days doing it. And I wouldn't even put it up on social media. Even though it was incredibly competent. Were you looking at what everyone else was doing? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Falling into that trap of limiting beliefs, self-doubt, comparison to other people. All of those things were massively holding me back. So I had the the competence, but I didn't have the confidence. And then whenever I developed the confidence, it's like this version of Martin wouldn't even get on social media and record a two or three minute video. Whereas no, today I even said to my clients last night, I'm like, guys, when you develop that confidence, I said, give me a microphone and stick me in Parky Creef in front of 80,000 people. I said, I want you to go there <laughs> and talk, talk shit about stress management or something for an hour. But it's funny because when, you, like, when, you're, when you're in there like, and you're, you've recorded this video, by not putting that out, you've so much value to give. Yeah. And we all do. Like We all can learn something from ev- everyone that we meet in this life and we can all help someone else as well with our own experience and our own, just even talking about our own journey. Absolutely. And by you not putting that out, you were doing not only yourself a disservice, but everyone else who would have benefited from that as well. You were doing them a disservice. Yeah. And I think it's only getting worse with social media and with the amount of information that we have and not even information, just drivel mm-hmm. that we can that we can consume at the like the touch of a button. We're seeing what everyone else is doing or is perceived to be doing. And then we start to doubt ourselves. But like, yeah, I don't know. I, yeah. Like, what's the solution? I think the, the solution, right, is 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 number one, being very clear on, who like I said, are. clarity on who, who you are. So for me, right, it's, 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 it's carrying. I didn't always have this because whenever I first became a coach and it was kind of almost caught in the, like, when it, my values were a little bit disorganized. Yeah. Right. So whenever I first started coaching, my values were disorganized. And the reason I realized it was because I tried to bring the very, very same thing that gave me success in the military into the coaching, whereas it wouldn't work. The reason being, when I was in the military, I had so many limited beliefs, so much self-doubt, so much insecurities at the very early stages of, of my career that I used significance as a driver. Right. If, I, if I do this course, I feel significant. Yeah. I feel like I'm somebody. If I become a sniper, I feel significant. I feel like I'm somebody. And that's what was driving it. Right? It was always kind of driven from a place of significance. That doesn't go well whenever you're responsible for other people. It, significance doesn't go well whenever whenever you're in a leadership capacity. It has to be about contribution. Yeah. It has to be about contribution to other people. And for me, like if if I am ever hesitant, so today I know if I was hesitant to come up and do this podcast, right? It's not about me, it's about the audience. I've told my story a hundred times. I know my story upside down, inside out. The stuff that I'm going to speak about today, I already know it. It's already given me as much value as it can give me. But it's about contribution. What what can it give the person who's listening? And whenever we think about them and less about us, it becomes so much easier to kind of just develop that confidence and, and get out of our own way, essentially, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it like, it it getting clear on yourself is difficult as well. And like really defining your own values can be, challenging and uncomfortable as well yeah, to so get tough. real about it yeah um but i think one of the one of the best things i ever did was actually sat down and, and did the like journaling on what i want my life to look like and what's important to me and what do i actually value and that was hard and it was like it was kind of hard to admit some of the things as well for me what do i actually i felt a level of guilt nearly for admitting i value time on my own mm. and i really value like up top of my list was my time to train for me, like that's so important because I know how much better my life is when I do that on a consistent basis. But for other people, it'll be family and their kids. And if if you can really get clear on your values, the things that you do in your day to day life, you'll be so much more focused. As you said, you'll be able to focus on what you need to do and not worried about what anyone else is doing. Yeah, absolutely. And that's that's the one thing I think that it's well one of the things that stops people from actually moving forward or to, or achieving success or reaching their goals is just getting distracted by what everyone else is doing when really if you've a plan in place and you know the steps you need to take all you need to be focusing on is yourself and taking waking up every day and doing the things you need to do mm-hmm. um there seems to be a kind of a trend at the moment and it is kind of, I suppose, off the back of the, the old self-love brigade. God, they're getting an awful rap. <laughs> <laughs> I am all for self-love, just to clarify. But I'm not in any of the just... brigades. So I'm like, the self-love brigade, the military brigade. Because people no. think, people say to me, I'm like, guys, I'm not it's in the military, military brigade at all. Like yeah. the, the David Goggins and all this stuff. I'm like, like, come on, guys, I don't need to go, you don't need to go and run a marathon yeah. every single second day <laughs> to prove something, you know. It's no, like, you've <laughs> taken elements from your journey and from every every experience that you've had and yeah. you've 
combine them all to to work mm-hmm. and, and to to use them all in a way that serves you and that you can help others serve themselves, which is amazing, which I think is what makes you so relatable as well. Mm. You're not just this military mindset kind of guy who came from the military and coaches in the same way. Um, but I I do think, um, and I don't mean the self-love brigade or the military brigade. Mm. I just mean the extremists on either end of those spectrums. But there does seem to be a bit of a trend at the moment or a messaging that I'm seeing on social media around why do you feel the need to constantly improve yourself or or to push yourself? Why can't you just be? And I'm mm. all for just being as well. Like, that's absolutely fine, you know, um, and for accepting ourselves here and now. But I have some thoughts on this. What's your thoughts on it, first of all? Yeah, no, I'm not a big fan of just being. I'll mm. be perfectly honest. Like, you know, I just spend as little time around people with that mindset as possible. And you know what? The reason being is because it's, it's again, built on my own experiences and what I've seen, right? I served in Liberia for my 18th birthday. Okay. Very, very young. No experience of what life is about. No experience of personal development or anything like that at the time, right? But you know something that I did see and it really, really resonates with me to this day, okay, is how much every single one of us need growth. Yeah. It's the one thing, the one need every single person on the planet has in common is growth. We need growth in our life. The minute we feel like we're not growing, we're dying. Kids from as young as five, six years of age, they don't even know where their next meal is coming from. But George Weah, AC Milan footballer, was actually running for president of Liberia at the time. So we were serving just outside Monrovia. So he was like a god. All of these guys are going around playing football in their bare feet. All they want to be is the next George Weah. They don't even know where the next meal is coming from, but yet they have this aspiration of being somebody, being this person. And it's growth on that end of the spectrum, you know, that massively inspired me at the time. You know, like obviously the poverty and the lifestyle and the simplicity of it all inspired me. But just looking at like the energy that you mentioned a while ago, the energy that ran through these kids for some day, there's, you know, a one in a million chance that I can be somebody, but they're willing to kind of go for it. It just showed me that every single one of us, we need that bit of growth in our life. And on the other end of the spectrum, do you ever see someone when they serve their whole life in an institutionalized organization or some kind of organization? What happens when they retire? Yeah. They just age overnight. Yeah. It's, it's like when I see people who give their whole life to the military and fair play to them. Like I, I massively look up to people who give their whole life to any organization. I've seen some fantastic people that have come through the military over the years and they've served, you know, 30, 40 years, 42 years of their whole life. But what happens is they hit the age of 60, they retire. What's next? They don't know what to do with themselves. And it's like, it's like they almost age overnight. It's mm. like you see them five, six weeks later and like, what happened to you? And you know what? It's like they just don't have that growth mindset anymore it's like what's next for me and it's like they just feel like they're they're kind of dying you know yeah. so I genuinely feel yes there is a need where sometimes we need to be as in just present enjoy the moment yeah. reflect on what I've achieved so far reflect on what's going well for me in life at the minute and be happy with that and be content with it and stop always chasing the next thing but still have one eye on what what can I do? Where can I get to, you know? Yeah, I completely agree. There, there has to be something more there. And there is always something more. For me, I think that if you're somebody who hasn't or can't or just hasn't fully accepted yourself yet or le- even learned to love yourself, then there's so, definitely some inner work to do. And I think obviously just being is fine, mm-hmm. but I don't think that that can happen. I don't think the inner work can happen without... I think trying to improve or or to step forward on some level, it can't because yeah. like they, they go hand in hand. Um, I truly believe that training or striving for to improve physically can be the catalyst for the inner work and generally is. For me, it was. That's where I kind of started. I was like, OK, my life, I was working for an, uh, an organization, had a really good job, secure job. Um, but I was like, massively dissatisfied with Mm. my life there was nothing more I had nothing for myself and I was like there has to be something more here and I feel shit I'm going from Monday to Friday working nine to five there's nothing more um I start I I knew I needed to do something for my health Mm. and my fitness as well and also to because I felt shit in my own skin I just didn't feel confident I didn't feel good about myself I used to try on 20 different outfits to get ready for a night out end up back in the first one feeling shit and I knew I had to do something. So for me, try, striving to improve physically was the catalyst for the inner work that I'm that has started and I will go on till I die, till I leave this world. Um, but it must happen. But I think that making change or trying to do or be better 
is just the starting point. Yeah. And it's it's the starting point to learning how to accept one's true authentic self or to to discover what that means for you because you learn so much about yourself in the process. And I think that's the most important thing to point out. It's a process and the process never ends. Exactly. You're not going to do a 12-week transformation and be happy with yourself and feel confident and have the body that you love and, and everything's going to be fine and then you can just go back to living your life. It's the process and it's what you learn and the skills that you develop and that you continue to develop on that process, on that journey. Um, and I also think that the people who put the you don't need to strive for, for a better message out there are missing the fact that you actually need to exercise regularly. Yeah, like yeah. we need to exercise regularly and consistently for good health. But yeah, like, and I suppose not to even get the point confused, but growth, it doesn't have to mean that everyone should look at you in six months time and say, whoa, you've completely changed. Like yeah. your mindset is on a different you stratosphere. You like a bikini athlete or, now. Exactly. Yeah, like no. Growth is just making herself a little bit happier on a day-to-day basis. Yeah. If someone's unhappy, if I have a conversation with someone now and I say, how do you feel? And they're like, Marta, feel terrible, I feel unhappy. I'm like, okay, well, what can we do to actually get you ha- happier in yeah. the next six months? That's growth. Growth is I'm just in a happier place. Yeah. I'm still the same person. I still work in the same place. I still use the same gym. I still drive the same car. Absolutely. But my happiness is a million miles from where it was six months ago. That's, that's growth, you know? Yeah. And, and for me, like, it, it probably... It probably starts with just getting very, very clear on needs. And again, that just comes from personal experience of where I started from. And I've done it with, with various, various clients in the past, you know, where, where I'd say it to someone, I'd say, okay, how do you feel? And I say, I feel un- unhappy. I'm like, okay, well, when did that actually start? So let's go back to when you started feeling unhappy. And they're like, oh, well, you know what? I took time off my career and during COVID, I started working from home. And okay, so... So it's kind of whenever you stopped working or you stopped being connected with other people and then they start to realise, yeah, I'm missing connection. social connection, yeah. I'm yeah. missing that growth that I got from my career and how can we start to get those back? So what's the things we can do to start injecting a little bit more of that into their life? And they're like, yeah, that's, that, that's a good point. Maybe I'll start with this small, small thing, yeah. you know, where it just escalates and before you know it, they start to feel a little bit happier and you're growing, you're moving in the right direction as a result of it, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I know the, the biggest transformations, like the most um, incredible transformations that I've seen people make in my career have been the internal ones, mm. like the mindset shifts, the how they're feeling. Obviously, they've made, like, people have made incredible body transformations as well, but that's not what it's about. No. It's really not. And I don't think that one without the other, like, well, no, that you know, you can transform your body, but it's it's not something that you're going to necessarily maintain or that is going to have as much of a lasting impact as if you do the inner work, if you build the discipline, if you hone the skills of discipline and resilience and get your mindset to a place where you can manage your emotions, where you can manage your bandwidth, where you don't, you're not going to be completely, um, pulled asunder by having one bad thing happen to you or, um, you know, let let the, the negative shit that happens yeah. take over because like that life has pain and life has problems and we're going to have to deal with those things. But knowing that, you know, having a bad week or a bad day doesn't necessarily mean a bad life. Yeah, absolutely. And it's not going to stop you. And like you said, like the physical, it probably like it doesn't sound sexy on social media to say, oh, the physical is the least important. Mm. And a lot of people would think that coaches just kind of say that, you know, whatever. But like for me, I look I look the same as what I looked 10 years ago. My yeah. shape has improved. Yeah. I'm pretty much the same weight. I probably have the same body fat percentage as what I had whenever I was 25. But now I feel completely different. Yeah. Okay. Well, why do I feel different? It's not, it's not because of how I look. I feel different because of what's going on in here. I feel different because how I perceive things in life, how, you know, my values have kind of shifted, how I emotionally think my way through things. If something disappointed me in the past or if I got angry at something in the past, I know react completely different. Yeah. Right? And that gives me a, a state of happiness. It gives me a better emotional state on a day-to-day basis. And that's why I feel better. I don't feel better because I can go to the gym and I can squat like 130 kilos. I don't feel better because I can go to the gym and deadlift, whatever. Like, yes, those things make you feel good as well. But it has it has, it has, a, it has a sell-by date like everything else where you're going to become so competent at that, you probably need something else to just kind of stimulate, you know? Yeah, absolutely. What would you say is the, the biggest lesson that you've learned through your your coaching experience now in dealing with people? That's a tough question. Yeah, the biggest I lesson I've learned through my coaching experiences and dealing with people. Um, 
I suppose the biggest lesson that I have learned is that everyone is different and everyone is going to come from a different background. Everyone is going to value different things and everyone's going to be, perceive success in their life to be something completely different, you know, yeah. and we have to kind of appreciate that. And it's going to take everyone completely different times or time frames to achieve something that they want to achieve in their life. So I suppose that's the biggest thing that I have learned, not even just from a coaching perspective, but I suppose even from from a military perspective and being able to pick up on those cues as a coach. Yeah. I only spoke to, to, to one of the coaches in my program about this the other day, about like the, the small details that you need to be observant of with different people's personalities. If I was like in Lebanon in 2015, I was responsible for nearly 50 people. And those 50 people, you have people that have children at home, you have people that have wives, you have people that are engaged, they haven't seen them for a long period of time. And I had to think so fast on my feet because I'm looking at guys' birthdays and stuff and I'm like, okay, you know, if it's someone's birthday, we get them a cake or whatever. Then I had to start dig below the surface. I'm like, okay, when's their kids' birthdays? Now I need to start looking at that because that's potentially a day that's going to kind of like trigger this person yeah. or whatever because everyone reacts different to things, you know, and it's just, it's something you will never fully understand as a coach is every single personality. Like, yes, there's all the different archetypes and stuff like that, but I just think appreciating that every single person is different and there's no one hard and fast rule of how to coach a specific person or there's no one hard and fast way someone's going to react to a situation. It's it's important to understand that, you know. Absolutely. It's like and it is something that you have to be so mindful of. Like there's and that's why there is no one size fits all. Mm -hmm. There's no there's no well not on our programs. There's no cookie cutter mm -hmm. one size fits all approach in anything. It's funny you said though that you're the, the one thing is that everybody's different. Because for me I, I, one of the things that I feel is that I've learned and one of the biggest things that I feel I've learned over my experience is that we're all so the same. Yeah. Like we're all so alike. And I, and I know what you mean when you say everybody's different. We all have, we need different approaches and we're all so, you know, individual and dynamic and, and wonderful in our own ways. But I think that at the heart of it, we're all so bloody the same, no matter what. And I was only, I was trying to, I, I still can't fully articulate this. <laughs> so bear with me. But um, I, I only spoke about this on a, a previous podcast that I recorded last week with one of the girls saying that I I feel like, it was something Joe Rogan said on, in a stand-up and he was high as bejesus. So I'm still trying to figure it out, but it really struck me and I can't stop thinking about it. So for instance, if I was, if my consciousness was in your body, Martin, yeah, okay, yeah. and yours was in mine, would we still be the same? Like would the me having lived your life act in the exact same way and have the same responses and the same triggers and the same beliefs. Would you carry the torch yeah. the same? Well, yeah, yeah, exactly. That's like, a really, really good and thought I, process. Part of me thinks yes, because I really think like we're, as babies, we're born so pure and we're not born with limiting beliefs and we are conditioned through what we go to, through. So is all consciousness the same? Is my consciousness the same as yours? But we've just di lived different experiences and through that, we're now where we are and who we are. Yeah. So for me, I feel like everybody's actually the fucking same and we're all so connected through that, which is why I think community is so important as well and why we can help each other as part of community. And and then also recognizing, like you said, that we're also so different. We've, yeah. ha we've had such different experiences and because of that, our reactions and our needs are slightly different. But I really feel like we're all so the same at the heart of it. Yeah, we're all going the same direction. We yeah. all want something from life. Yeah. Right? Like every single person wants to get something from life. It's going to be something different. You know, yeah. like if I look at, if I look at my mom, she wants to get a different thing from life than I do. Like she wants to be the caregiver, the supporter, you know, the person who's who's there and looks after me. I want to get after it. You know, I, yeah. I've got like a fire in me where I'm like. <laughs> You're oh, getting after yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, want to, I want to leave a mark. You know, I just want to keep pushing, pushing, pushing. And, you know, th that's probably where the differences come in. Yeah. Is, is like you said, like on, you know, if we look below the surface, it's the values, it's the needs, it's all of the personalities and all of that stuff. But I think it's the fire that that every single person has. It's like we, we joked about bef before we came on, the, the three of us and myself, you and Dan joked about yeah. it, Elton John. And yeah. But if you look at what they have, right, it's, it's, it's a passion. Like they have a massive 
burning passion yeah. for something where they're just so determined to leave a mark that all the money in the world, it doesn't, it doesn't matter, matter the yachts, the beaches, it doesn't matter they to them. They do it anyway, yeah. They want to be on stage. Like, listen, but Ronaldo, he's after being offered millions to go to Saudi Arabia, doesn't want it. He wants to play in the Champions League, you know. It doesn't matter what jersey he's wearing, he wants to play in the Champions League. Why? That's just the fire that's in him. He's mm. a winner. He's like, I'm not playing in Europa League, I'm a winner. And I, I genuinely think it's probably, it's probably that fire and that drive that differentiates people into, you know, what they want to get from life, essentially, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I say this all the time as well, and, and you've pretty much said it, but we are, we're all on different journeys to the same place. We yeah. all just want to feel good. We all just want to fucking feel good and live a good life. We're all on very different journeys, but we all, we all just want to feel good and have a good life. Um, and I think as a coach, but also just on a human level, I've done a lot of shit wrong, but I know I've done a lot of shit right too yeah. along the way. And, you know, at least once or twice. But at least, you know, I've done some of the th things that other people are trying to do. And I know that I've come through some of the experiences that other people are going through, which makes me able to help. Um, Like I will openly talk about my experiences with body dysmorphia, with, you know, struggles with food anxiety and um, orthorexia. And getting to a place where I feel good now, where I'm managing things better. I've built better resilience um, and I've gotten my my lifestyle to a place where I can maintain a healthy lifestyle and feel good. Um, I sometimes forget how far I've come because I'm always still struggling. People will look at me, me and you, Martin, and I'm sure people say to you all the time, oh, God, you're in great shape. It must be really easy for you. Like, no, it's we're always still pushing outside yeah. our comfort zone and that's why we're in good shape you know we're because we're turning up to the gym at 5 a.m five days a week because we're doing the things that we need to do but I'm always still struggling and I remember like I've had people say to me oh you struggle through your workouts of course I do you're supposed to <laughs> it's not supposed to be easy like it's just not but that's because I'm always raising my standards yeah and I'm always pushing the goalposts for myself mm -hmm. and much like you and the more I move forward and the more I realize, Jesus, this isn't even it. Like, mm -hmm. this isn't it. And and then I push myself again. And then I think, oh, Jesus, I can't. And then I do. And I realize, OK, well, if I've done that, then I can do more. And yeah. like looking back through the trajectory of my, of my life though, so far, I can continue to do this. And that's really fucking exciting. Yeah, absolutely. And I, do, I just don't understand why you would not own that power. Like anybody mm. listening right now, you have that same power. If you're not utilizing it, you are doing yourself mm -hmm. a massive disservice with your life. Like there's always more. The more I move forward, the more I realize there's more. And like there's infinite potential, which is just insane. It's scary, but liberating. Mm -hmm. And yeah, scary and liberating at the same yeah. time. It's it's you know what it, it's it's good you mention that and even about standards and stuff and like the, the the way I always kind of even I use an analogy within my program around the very thing that you're saying there and I actually came across this whenever I was doing the the sniper course in the army. A sniper gets a jacket when he passes the course. It's not like a golf jacket or anything like that. It's a military jacket, but yeah. it's tailored and looks really well. And it stands out. That's the big thing about the jacket. It stands out. And you know what? If you've passed the course, fair play. You deserve to have that jacket. You deserve to stand out because it's such a high percentage failure rate. Like it's 80% will fail wow. the course typically, you know. But the sniper gets a different jacket. And when I first applied for the course, actually when I passed the course, right, I realized that I needed to make so many mindset shifts along the way. I needed to overcome fear of failure. I needed to overcome limiting beliefs. You know, so many different things that, that I had to overcome during that course. And I realized it's small micro mindset shifts along the way. And the analogy I use is in order to get that jacket, I had to change my jacket. And at every stage of life, you have a different jacket. From childhood to where you are now, you don't wear the same jacket. It's changed all the time. I can remember my first jacket from about four or five years old, right through to where I am today. It's constantly changing. Your mindset is the same. Yeah. And the Bible says, if you look at the jacket that you're wearing right now, every single pocket, you have you have something in that that can help you and arm you going forward in life. You can equip yourself better as you progress through life with what goes in those pockets, the characteristics, the behaviors, the discipline, the skills, the ability, the, the people that support you, whatever it is that goes into those pockets. But the zip, that's your limiting beliefs. The zip is the self-doubt. That's going to stop you from getting there and it's going to stop you essentially from changing that jacket. So what I always kind of like finish on with people is that if you want to change your life, change your jacket. Change your jacket. I love it. That is a perfect analogy to wrap up on. Um, and thank you so much for taking the time out of your 
day to travel to Dublin and to share your wisdom and experience with us all. Um, I think that, as I mentioned earlier, I know people can look at the likes of yourself, Martin, and think, okay, you have it easy because your life is like this, because you're fit, etc. But listening to you speak and tell your story and and talk about what you've been through and the experiences that you've had and how you have literally built the skills and developed the skills that you've needed to get you to where you are now is hugely inspiring. You're only in this position because you have done the things to get here yeah. and because you continue to do them. And anybody out there listening now, if you are not where you want to be in any endeavor in life, start taking action now. That's yeah. all you need to do. Put one foot in front of the other and keep doing it. And there's people that can help. Find somebody who's done it. Find somebody who's doing it and find a community, find people who can inspire you, who can motivate you, who can guide you along the way. Like, like myself, I work with mentors and coaches myself. I am a coach. I have a coach. I have mentors. And same with you. Yeah. We don't do it alone and nobody needs to do it alone. No, you, you, you need, you need someone in your back pocket to ask you the challenging questions. Yeah. Like whenever I transitioned from the army, that was without doubt the most challenging period of my life. It was without doubt the, the insecurities and the limiting beliefs that I had at 17 years old, it was multiplied by 100 whenever I actually made that switch. And on the outside looking in, everyone thought I was absolutely smashing it, you know, yeah. because I was I started off on, on the gym floor, combined that with the army, I had so much experience. I was the go-to guy for personal training, online coaching, whatever it was in my local area. But the fact that I was now on my own, I started to create all of these fears in my own mind. I yeah. visualized, I used to lay, lay in bed at night. My first couple of months, fully self-employed, I lay in bed at night and I'd visualize everything failing. I I've, still do that. Yeah. And I've, I have to catch myself. You have to catch yourself. Yeah. You do. And every everyone, I don't, I don't care if, you, if you're running a fucking company with a staff of 50 people, they probably visualize the same things. Yeah. But everything that you could visualize for your business failing, right up to the bank knocking on your door, <laughs> yeah. I visualized all that stuff. And what I realized was it was, it was just events I was creating in my own mind. None of it existed. Yeah, there, there was, was no, like literally no yeah. evidence or proof to back up any of those thoughts. None of it to back it up. You in know? fact, there was probably the opposite. Yeah. You were probably doing pretty well. And, and the acronym I use for fear is false evidence that appears real. Yeah. I no, have... It's false evidence. There's nothing that appears. There's nothing in, in your life to actually showcase that that's going to happen. But for some reason you believe it. And guess what? You start to act like that on a day to day basis. You yeah. know, which is why, again, train your mind like a muscle because if you don't train your mind like a muscle your body is going to behave in line with the thoughts that you have on a day-to-day -day basis you know yeah I love that you mentioned the fear acronym I have that written on my or I had it written on my wall and um, when I started PTing first yeah. FEA or false evidence appearing real and um, there's an Ian Brown song as well very good um, but um, the it's it is literally the thoughts that we have. We have to learn how to manage those. Mm -hmm. And having a, having a coach and having a mentor, for me, having a mentor, Jesus Christ, to, mm -hmm. to, ca to call me out on my shit when mm -hmm. I start that because I'll pull my whole world down around me. If I have, you know, one client who's having a bad time or who leaves on their own terms for their own reasons, I start pulling my whole world down and, mm -hmm. and telling myself, oh my God, my business is falling apart. No, what about the other, like, countless clients who are happy, who are thriving and, and you're doing what you need to be doing and... It's little things like that. Or, you know, you have one bad day where maybe if you're somebody who's, you know, has a weight loss goal and you maybe go over your calories one day yeah. or you impulsively do eat something on a night out mm -hmm. that you didn't hadn't intended to and you start telling yourself you're a failure, you're never going to make your, you know, you're never going to achieve your goals. You know, you get in your own head and you start pulling everything yeah. down. And from there, it's so hard to move forward if you have that mindset yeah. and you're telling yourself you've already failed because you're opting out in your head. Yeah. I, I don't know what word to kind of put on it. Um, I don't like the word losers, so I mm -hmm. don't really know what word to put on. But in terms of that mindset, let's call it a negative mindset. Mm. It's like we endure the negative emotion. So it's like, right, if something has just happened now where I feel disappointed in myself, what can I do to make myself stay disappointed for the rest of the week? Okay, yeah. I'll just tell myself that I'm shit. I'll tell myself that I'm a crap coach. I'll tell myself can't do this. If I, I use the analogy, if, if someone... Um, like we say, with food, right? They, they go out, they go over their calories, they have a meal with their family, they massively enjoy it in the occasion, but they wake up the next morning, they feel so guilty. Typically, what's that person do? They binge. Why yeah. do they binge? They're enduring the emotion. Yeah. It's like this, we call it a stuck mindset. It's like, right, I've done something wrong. I feel so disappointed in myself. I feel so negative. I'm just going to stay there for a long period of time and I'm going to endure it. And it's, it's at that stage, it's like you mentioned, we need that support. We need someone to actually 
ask those questions to call us out so we can kind of change the actions that we take on a day-to-day basis, you know. Yeah. And the more often you do that, the better you get at doing it. It's like state management or asking better questions for yourself of yourself as mm-hmm. well. Like I was talking to my clients this week on our coaching call and I was saying, for instance, I used the example of, and it's probably happened to most of us, you're in a hurry, you're about to leave to go mm. somewhere and you drop your coffee cup and the coffee goes everywhere and the cup smashes and your outfit is all that you've put together mm-hmm. is all covered in coffee and you're going to be late and oh shit and straight away, fuck, you know, everything's awful, this is terrible, this is so annoying, my whole day is ruined, my outfit's ruined, everything's mm-hmm. shit and I'm going to have a crap day now and I'm going to be late and everything is just ruined. But really, if we take a second to just gather ourselves mm-hmm. and say, okay, look at what is. What is the fact? The fact yeah. is there's coffee on the floor, it's coffee on my clothes. What can I do right now to make this better? I need to clean up the coffee and get changed. And either way, whatever mindset you choose to adopt, those things need to happen anyway. Yeah. You can do it absolutely cursing the world and it's granny or you can do it with a mindset of what actions can I do? I yeah. t- do I take what do I need to do and how can we move forward and box that off and on to the next the rest of your day can still be good yeah. so like that's just obviously on a smaller scale but just it, it, those little those little moments when mm-hmm. we catch ourselves like sitting in the car in traffic going nuts or thinking can I take this moment to do a bit of breath work stick on a song I like mm-hmm. and, and actually enjoy this moment rather than cursing because I'm going to be two minutes late I'm going to be late anyway it is what it is exactly so yeah. you know it's it's like you mentioned it's, it's almost like self-responsibility, self-ownership yeah. mindset. You're just yeah. gathering your attention and focus, your your attitude, your emotions, your affections. You're just gathering them all up and you're saying, what can I actually do yeah. from here? Look that's at what not you can control. Back. You yeah. can't control the traffic. You can't control the, the, the fact that the coffee's all over the floor already and on you, but you can control your response. Yeah. And that's where you're paralyzed. Um, I'm very aware of the time now, Martin. We've just gone over an hour. So <laughs> <laughs> I will. Um, warming up. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much for your time and your energy and your wisdom and all of your thoughts today. Is there anything that you would like to leave listeners with? If you had to leave them with one little nugget of advice or a word from you. Yeah, no, I think if you want to change your life, change your jacket was a good one to yes, kind of finish on, yeah. you know. So like, yeah, if we said anything, <laughs> I'd take the kind of shine off that. So I'll leave it at that. But I just want yeah. to say, Laura, thanks so much for inviting me up. I really, really enjoyed it. Uh, Dan, absolutely fantastic studio. I love it. So yes. professional, <laughs> so ambient. Looks absolutely fantastic, you know, and I really, really enjoyed being here today. And thanks so much for having me. It's in. a good conversation space. And thank you yeah. so much. And if anybody is looking to find you, where can they find you? I'll yep. pop this so, all in the cont- the the show notes below, but you can let them know where to connect with you. Perfect. If you're looking to find me tonight to bring me up for a drink or buy me dinner or anything like that, <laughs> I'll be staying in the Marlin Hotel. <laughs> but um, no, uh, so it's uh, Martin Brady underscore coach on Instagram is where people will find me the easiest. Yeah. Perfect. Thank you so much, Martin. It's been an absolute privilege. Thanks, Laura. Appreciate Thank it. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. As always, remember to share and tag on your socials. It is so appreciated. And if you would like to get in contact with Martin or myself, all of the details are in the show notes below. Just before I leave you, this podcast was also brought to you in collaboration with Flotation Therapy Ireland. Float Ireland now have two locations in Malahide and Dublin City. It's a really enjoyable way to boost your health and your mood by floating in an enclosed and isolated tank that cuts off all sensory experiences, your sight, smell, touch and sound. The tanks are filled with water that's the same temperature as your body and a really high amount of Epsom salts, which allows you to easily and peacefully float on the water's surface. And the calming effect that this provides gives both physical and mental health benefits which I can fully vouch for. It helps to support the immune system and your nervous system but also enhances muscle recovery, helps to manage stress, improve sleep quality and can help alleviate symptoms of anxiety and depression. Follow them on Instagram and check out flotationtherapyireland.com to book your own float now to experience this for yourself. And make sure you follow me at Marie Lola on Instagram and keep an eye out on my page too because I will be running several competitions to give you the opportunity to win your own free float. Catch you on the next one.